Fika with Annika. The word fika is used as both a noun and a verb and is derived from the Swedish word for coffee. The Swedish coffee break is a moment to literally leave work behind. Taken at three in the afternoon, it's not a strategy for multitasking or for fitting in another mini meeting. It's a chance to relax in the company of colleagues or friends. The key is to pause your day. So brew up some coffee, grab a seat, and embrace Fika. I'd like to introduce my first guest, Tim Lauritsen. Tim is a longtime resident of the Anza Valley and hails from a family of 1950s homesteaders. He is known for growing native plants and trees, building in a sustainable style, his volunteer work within the community, and his artistic talents. He also has hiked probably more trails than most. Welcome, Tim Lauritsen. Well, as we sit here in the second week of January in Anza, with a second snowstorm skirting 400 feet above, we're chewing on strawberries, which got me to thinking about Fern Valley, Idlewild, which originally was called Strawberry Valley. And back in the 70s, there still were wild strawberries. On occasion, I was hired to landscape, you know, for the uh, famous and wealthy. I think that's pretty much gone now. The snow line has climbed from 3,800 feet just below Lake Riverside Estates to about 4,800 feet for the freezing temperature, which to me is global warming. Is that in the last 10 years or uh, last 40 last or 40. about 50 years? As a kid, the snow would stick at Bergman's Museum, uh, just a half mile below the the grade, the top of the grade there at right. Lake Riverside. And uh, now we see the snow around the parameters of the valley, but not necessarily in the valley. And those are uh, definitely signs. And there's so much more time passing between snows even. Uh, January, uh, 50 years, no, 48 years ago, in January, the snow was on the ground for three weeks in Anza, in the shade, and the temperatures stayed in the 20s and in the teens at night. And it, it might get to freezing in the daytime. The coldest back then in the early 70s was two degrees in the third week of December with a wind chill. Um, now just last week we had a 15 degree wind chill with uh, I think it was 25 degrees. Um, but that was a big talk of the weather and but 50 years ago that was not unusual. It was just the norm. Yes. So as a result of the <clears throat> freezing line climbing up a thousand feet in 50 years, uh, Anz is subject to new types of trees that would never have survived because generally by Thanksgiving the first snows would arrive and the last frosts would um, come about Mother's Day, mid-May. So the garden season back in those days you could actually plant a traditional garden in the ground but as the gophers uh, 
were spared by more and more snakes being killed off by off-road vehicles, it's now, 50 years later, virtually impossible to grow a garden traditionally in the ground, unless you're trapping for those nasty critters that'll chew up almost any root available if you put water there. And has also contributed to desertification because if tree seedlings can't survive the first year or two and their roots are nipped, then that's it for them. And so uh, reforestation efforts are often spoiled by uh, not trapping for gophers. Personally, in recent years, I'll trap and catch close to 40, even 50 gophers on a five acre property and then not have a problem for a couple of years. But you can compound the problem if you leave your traps and inadvertently catch a gopher snake or any snake for that matter, then you've compounded and you have, you see. So <clears throat> I don't use poisons. You can't control that. And we have a lot of predator birds at this mid elevation uh, that would love to have a gopher for breakfast. <clears throat> and so, especially in the spring and the fall, they really help out. And the owls, that's why I was saying earlier about how important it is to save our stately treasures, our trees that are 50 years or older. They are perfect habitats for the birds and the more birds we've got, the less problems we'll have. Um, many of the trees are tagged as a wildlife habitat and are not to be cut down but allowed to fall. And that brought to mind the importance of our trees in downtown Anza, the incense cedars that have been fed water off of the highway pavement since 1962, should be tagged and identified by name or number and adopted by members of the community to protect it from Caltrans! <laughs> well, I think, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some organizations that will step up and, and take take that, uh, that idea and run with maybe? it. Could there I could see the High Country Conservancy. Um, oh, yes, yes. The new business association, the mm -hmm. Highway 371 Business Association might take it on. You know, the, and the 4-H, and could it, could it be a joint effort? I watched I this happen in Garner Valley on Highway 74 when Caltrans tagged a dozen pine trees that had grown in diameter and then became within the danger zone of the center of the highway and were tagged to be dropped. And the uh, association banned together and uh, the squeaky wheel got the grease and those trees remained for another 10 years. So a community effort makes an effect. Uh, Caltrans interest is in the 60,000 vehicles going through on the weekend and have basically had the attitude that our town is in the way. So uh, again, their mentality is to place a no stopping sign at our only little crosswalk in front of the school. So I've said this before, it takes a community effort to keep 
the state under control and the county has had its own issues trying to um, deal with Caltrans as has the uh, Kui Indians on the tribe. The, you know, the highway crosses right through and we still have as of the beginning of 2019 no turning lane off the highway from the center of the highway to the casino. So they're always playing catch up and they have a five-year plan so if you want to get something done you better get on the plan because in five years you could be put on the next five years. That's how I think it worked. So uh, okay, well that's uh, yeah certainly I, I th good to know. I think yeah. Anyway, let's get off the subject of the highway. Maybe right. we should get off the highway altogether. Right. So you started um, talking about strawberry uh, gardens. valley. Yeah, gardens. Oh, strawberry valley and gardens. Strawberries are native to uh, the area and to California. So. Uh, it was where I've read, well, Talkwitz and Thunder scared quite a lot of uh, ancient inhabitants away from there, but it Thunder. did, uh, Thunder and, and Lightning off of oh, okay. the Talkwitz Rock would prevent uh, people, people, natives from entering that area until later on, um, you know there are folk folklores about about um, about that are fascinating in that culture. Uh, personally, I've climbed uh, both Takits and Suicide, which fine-tuned my knots and rope use in tree work, but. Also climbed in the snow with ice axe and crampons. What kind yeah. of a crazy person does that? <laughs> uh, one who loves fresh air and a fantastic view. <laughs> and doesn't want to stay in the house in wood heat all day. I mean, what do you do when you're in Idlewild and the sun barely shines? You go out and play in the snow. Um, and uh, so I still have a sled, however, my, debauch, my toboggan. Gee, there's a word I can hardly remember. Toboggan. We don't have enough snow anymore for either sled or, or toboggan. Like we but did you used to. 45 years ago, yeah. My sled is still uh, hanging up against a tree, which has just about consumed it. And that was in, in Anza? That yes, you in the early 70s. Was Fantastic. Until about the mid-70s, um, the snows were quite prolific and, and fed and packed up on the mountains around and was there were four seasons and groundwater running at least half the year but in the 50s um, 25 years earlier it was running year-round on the surface there were a lot of fox and ferret and weasels and even a rare occasion of a black panther maybe in the desert regions. Lots of rattlesnakes all larger than they are today including the insect world. I remember a walking stick 12 inches on my window one morning. 
I doubt I've seen one of those more than four inches. So the dinosaur era is just about faded away. Alligator lizards are still here today, but 50 years ago they were 16 inches. You're lucky to see eight inches today. And Same why, with the snakes. Why is that? I think it has to do with trace minerals uh, in the soil and in the diet. Um, I mean, the first homesteaders that arrived 100 years ago lived into their 90s, most of them. Uh, whereas today, uh, we're lucky to get to the 80s. So there are environmental issues and there are also, you know, hours at being in action rather than in front of a microphone or screen that also play into it. But there are countries today now that are forbidding uh, water, sugar water drinks because obesity has become so prevalent and the direct connection to diabetes with these types of sweetened waters are proven. But yet we still have alcohol and cigarettes and other caffeines that are legal. Right. So, but going back to, uh, you said the trace minerals. Yes. So, th so they were getting the trace minerals through their water? Uh, and in, in the soil. So when the, from the vegetables they were growing and... Not, not only that, but the vegetation, the native vegetation burned off every 20, 25 years. And that ash acted as a fertilizer in the soils. Um, I'm sure the rains were pure or had certain minerals in them. Uh, many wells that existed may not have needed to be more than 100 feet until the 50s the valley was filled with a dozen windmills still working so that gives you uh, and then my stepmother emily uh remembered her father uh digging with a post hole over on Kerry road and and hit water groundwater at 15 feet so today uh, 150 feet is actually shallow most wells are the, the static level or is a hundred and I mean around 90 feet in the valley and the general belief is that the water doesn't migrate more than 500 feet a year but absorbs and holds a lot of water especially if that is in upper elevations and the valley is surrounded by higher elevations and have springs and artesian wells in fault zones that push out water from the ground in large quantities um, uh, depending on the tension in those zones i've noticed um, the static stays fairly uh, level uh, unless you're adjacent to agricultural where they have their wells they can lower your water uh, but once the pumping is stopped, uh, most wells stabilize back to their 90 feet below the surface. Um, it's the quality of the water. I was blessed with a 400 foot well, our second 
1974 that went through black and white courts and found pure trapped ancient water, sweet water. Um, our first well drilled in 1962 was 200 feet is now filled with sand. Wells may last 40. They could last hundreds of years if they're drilled through rocks where the water is trapped. Most of it right beneath layers. So it's um, it's I've, a number of homesteaders didn't make it in the teen years, a hundred years ago, for that very reason. It was too costly to move water, and dry farming was too uh, risky, especially since many of them had come from Oklahoma in the Dust Bowl days to try again here. Cattle, as long as they had far and wide range to locate uh, at the cost of the wildlife, that existed, such as the bighorn sheep, the cattle multiplied. They were managed by horse up and down the elevation, depending on the season. In those days, you sent the cattle to the feed. Today, it's you bring the feed to the cattle. It's kind of like the moon used to tell us the calendar. Now we look at the calendar to find the moon. What's gone backwards with our society here? <laughs> That's an interesting insight. Are you or someone in your household on life support or other life-saving machinery like oxygen? If so, please contact the Anza Electric Cooperative Office at 951-763-4333 so that your account can be flagged. If your account is flagged, you will be contacted in advance of a planned outage. Since most power outages are unplanned, please be sure to have adequate backup on hand to last several hours. The Coyote. Listen to it. Welcome back to Fika with Anika. So when it came to homesteading, you had a year to, quote, prove up the land, which primarily meant that you hopefully had the means to drill a well and get your garden going. You arrived with your seed and enough feed for your animals and you located enough chaparral to create your corrals. And cattle then were allowed to roam free. They require some 80 acres a year to produce a pound of meat. So you need a large area for uh, beef production. And so Anza and its surrounding areas became ideal. It was full of grasses and sages and other that offered a large variety of feed for these animals. And nearby canyons um, were easily accessed for colder, windier weather, just getting off the plateau below these cold winds makes a big difference. Uh, we don't think of that. The wildlife does. They migrate around. 
I've noticed that in the first of morning, you'll see the same cows facing the same location in anticipation for the first rays of sun every morning. They're creatures of habit. And so they are ready. Except for this morning when the fog was so dense, there were a few cats that never got any heat. <laughs> and I'm talking about the domestic cat. Of course. Yes. What's the subject here? Oh, so homesteading improved up in a year. And that meant if the wind didn't blow your structures over, or the wild critters didn't eat your garden alive, and you still had some canned goods under a windmill structure or water tank that was usually set up for gravity feed, you depended on the wind. And the wind always started at 9 in the morning and always blew until 4.30 in the afternoon from the west, like clockwork. So you had a tank and you caught the water and and at night when the sun set and the wind stopped and it got dark you went to bed. At the crack of dawn you headed for the outhouse facing the first of sun's rays hopefully uh, to warm the seat. And life was fairly simple. Although you had to work from dawn to dusk that's why these people live 90 years or more. Everybody in the Carey family worked every day of their life and they lived into their 90s. And I could name off a half a dozen other names, um, but it's, it's how much action and how less you consume that allows you the length of your life. We age when we digest, so the less you eat, the better off you are. But in those days, you were actually eating nutrition. Today, we're overfed and malnourished. Those trace minerals aren't in the food or in the soil. Some of that has to do with preventing of wildfires uh, across the chaparrales. Link Hamilton told me that they needs to burn off every 20, 25 years it opens up all the springs and brings the water up to the surface. He was a rancher, a horseman, and a farmer who started here with his brother in 1914. He would know. And I worked for him the last seven years of his life until he died in the mid-70s. And he taught me quite a lot. But he was a cattleman first off. And in those days, the homesteading ethics was that in order to survive, your neighbor had to. If the wind blew down a shed or removed the roof, everyone got together and put it back. That's how the community hall got built in the late 40s and the VFW in Twilliger. It was a community effort. Crime was nilch. There were no locked gates or not inner fences required unless you had animals. And we met once a month at the community hall for a pit barbecue and dance entertained by local musicians. And so everyone knew everybody and so therefore no crime. The wild 60s arrived and I was one of the first hippies. And I remember the term and the prejudices.
and perhaps I was a freak in the in the lifestyle that existed here but the silent majority had to be shaken up there was a huge new majority of of baby boomers arriving and they were spreading out in every direction from the cities into the and Anza was 62 people minus the population of the native Indians uh, in the 50s um, so uh, and then when I arrived to live full-time in 72 you could buy five acres for 10 grand not bad. So I've seen the population grow and and die along with a number of tumbleweeds. It always comes back and it's always a upswing along with more earthquakes and more droughts and more floods and now more trash. <laughs> so from my perspective I I have to look at it in the long run and it's not easy it brings tears to my eyes when I remember the water was pristine and the air was pure and the people were actually friendly so hopefully that will still exist at least amongst 50 percent of us which allows us to remain and to yes. hopefully do more good <laughs> so we're gonna save these trees uh, if the rains won't. There's plenty of water and wells and electricity and power going around to do it. It's just a matter of a little bit of effort three, four times a year. So we'll, we'll organize these trees in town by name. We can come up with a contest and take photos. We're only talking a dozen incense eaters that are now, what, uh, 60... 55 some years 1962 yeah 57 years old so uh, we'll celebrate their 60th birthday in a couple of years but we have to start preparing for it now and I think it'll be fun especially if it gets into the school uh, there's always volunteers looking for reasons and I know that uh, the get your name on a brick in front of the little red schoolhouse worked for donations so I think people will get involved in in adopting a local tree. And who doesn't love trees? Yes. And that'll give Caltrans uh, cause to be cautious and think twice before they just plow it, plow it over or deny it water when they put up a concrete curb. So we have to come up with a plan that includes the protection even if it means we then have to put up at the legal limit from the center of the road protective barriers and if they're removed by the county they need to compensate the community the community park is belonged by the community they have to compensate the community not just accommodate for the community if this is the case and they have pushed the high speed to the edge of the pavement within 40 feet of the front door of the school and then said no stopping so something's got to be done or they'll cut the trees down and put concrete all the way across this valley 
if nobody says anything. The, two years ago, the county came in to do this $12.5 million upgrade. The only thing they forgot to do was let us know. Remember, all of a sudden, no parking spaces in front of the businesses, you see? Yes. So the attitudes are that we're in their way. They never think in their arrogance that they may be getting in our way. And that when they finally did meet us, we came up with some pretty good ideas, actually. Yes, we came up with a, a solution. Yes, and what better than yes. those who've learned the solutions by having to deal with the limitations every day. Yes. The locals. So... Um, Community activism. I think that the non-compliancy in our society has really gotten us in trouble. We need more rubble-rousers and rednecks and other loud-mouth-speaking people to uh, get more of us involved. Uh, otherwise, neon lights and signs are going to be blocking egress to get on and off from our little town. And this green belt that needs such dire protection it's 55 years. It's a senior now. These seniors need protection. These beautiful incense cedars. Okay, that's our Maybe story. Maybe we need to plant some more, too. I'm not ah. sure where. I have a vision, though, of oh, you know, seeing, you know, we should be like a just a full alley of majestic trees. Oh, I just we won't see it, it in, in our lifetime now. But. Yeah. It takes three to five years for nurseries to grow, uh, or even more. It has to be at least three feet with a fence if it's going to be used in a commercial area. Um, $150 a tree would be un not unheard of if, if they're boxed and were planted to replace, which has happened with some of these trees when the Dairy Queen and the gas station went in. They removed those cedars on the south side of the highway which carry the green belt further east and west so the Dairy Queen and other businesses can um, I mean here's the first tree is the Christmas tree managed by our electric co-op in front of the community hall should be given granddaddy because it gets yes. water from Anza Lake when it rains. And Which is going to go away because of the uh, the dollar Oh, is that where the, the dollar, dollar store goes? Yeah, it's going well, then, to that parking lot. Then the whole issue of having a tree organization will go to the dollar store designers, the architect, and suggest, or if not demand, that the drainage be directed toward the tree from the asphalt parking. It's as simple as a request and showing a proof of a need and giving the solution and then it's done. So how do you handle the runoff? Because obviously the asphalt and then you know any contaminants from the cars is then going directly to the trees. That has to do with high density. If you have green belts, you can capture much of it. It may take an acre. I have that in my situation. I'm catching runoff uphill from several neighbors and I don't let a drop of it get past me and I have a half acre of trees it's a matter of of grading and sump and French drains and so on with leach pipes that can be placed yes they're expensive but in the long run what is the cost of a community without a stately treasure I just heard and read about 
the beautiful Northern California town of Santa Rosa had some beautiful redwoods in downtown and they all got removed for a parking lot. And so here we are already seeing branches cut off for a shoulder on the highway or four trees died and roots torn up in front of Las Casinas for parking. And it's, it's happening all around us, but not everybody notices. It's easier to visit and see it after a while and see the growth. But if we see it every day, we take it for granted and we don't notice the growth. So it's important for this tree organization, these tree people that live here, to uh, open up just as we're reminded that the wildlife was here first and we're the visitors and the wild plants will survive all of us no matter what we do concrete asphalt or non-native species they're all going to die and disappear in time but here are these native like incense cedar Attention Mountain residents. Recognizing community needs in the age of technology, the Anza Electric Cooperative is partnering with the Riverside County Information and Technology Department and Anza Community Broadcasting KOIT to distribute refurbished desktop computers for free to income qualified residents. These desktop computers come loaded with Windows 10 and Home Office. If you're interested in seeing if you or your family member qualifies, the applications are available online at anzaelectric.org, at the Anza Electric Cooperative Front Office, at Lorraine's Pet Supply and in the box outside of the KOYT station. Once you have filled out your application, it can be scanned and emailed to fundraising at koyt971.org. It can be mailed P.O. Box 391-229, Anza, California, 92539, or handed in at Lorraine's Pet Supply, the co-op office, or in the mail slot at the KOYT station. Welcome back to Fika with Anika. And the other aspect an organization or tree people can do is to inspire the history. It takes you back when you realize the age of the tree, which can have a sign hanging on it, identifying it by name and age. Of what life was like when that tree was planted in 1962. Gas was... 62 cents a gallon. Population was 1,200. So uh, it's fun to look at your roots and get more grounded and involved in the community. I think we've done 30 minutes on the whole subject of tree people and homesteading. And yeah, 30. homesteaders had planted trees for wind protection. And those are almost gone now. Arizona cypress, quite a number of rows uh, grew up from the late 40s. So more wind protection offers more homes for birds and privacy for our homes and flood control. It really, and just, just the aesthetics of green in our lives makes a culture more positive I hate to see all these tumbleweeds take over because we were all indoors lazy. 
Well, they were yeah. imported, obviously, the tumbleweeds, and we well, need to export yes, them. Yes, it's now. true. Was it the mustard seed with the... Right. Uh, yes. Well, yeah, there's still... That just is another point. History can still haunt us. If anybody has had to fight mustard in a garden, they can curse all those Jesuit priests for bringing those seeds. Was it? <laughs> Multiply like the seed, which is teeny. Yes. Oh boy, I'll tell you, as a gardener, I have fought. We could do another whole well, hour on gardening. Well, my chickens love mustard, so I welcome it at my house. Oh, and okay. I pull it up and I feed it to my chickens. Well, so, I'll tell you, your eggs will taste better if you give them horseradish. Okay. Yeah, if you let really? that grow, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, my dad um, had chickens and a huge garden, was constantly letting the chickens out and moving fences for them to clean up the roughage rather than haul it all to the compost pile. Yeah. Um, in those days you had a three piles because basically you had three seasons. Um, winter offers an opportunity if you have a protected area or indoor to grow, it takes less water and there's virtually no seed wind blowing conditions with weeds in the winter as they are in the summer. Uh, so I found uh, vegetable gardens much more successful and with a lot better flavor and sweetness when the uh, collards were subject to freezing. Uh, so w there's no reason winter gardens uh, can't be grown um, especially now that the um, snow line has climbed above the valley to about 4,800 feet elevation. Uh, I think today because of the gopher situation and more and more cars and off-roads, we're going to have to go to raised containers uh, or at least in the fruit trees uh, or even large trees, they have to be protected and the gophers have to be trapped for at least the first year or two or you're never going to make it. Uh, I mean the success rate it will just drop out to nothing because they have to have water and those gophers are love to run around at night and run down in uh, where it's easy to dig. So just watering a plant to get it big uh, will invite all that many more weeds and gophers in. So container growing is probably the better way to do it and because we have such extreme seasons primarily I'm talking three digit temperatures now in the summer and uh, some possible swing back to freezing temperatures and even soil freezing uh, on the top two inches for a month um, like it used to um, but greenhouses are going to be more and more needed to grow our food. And it doesn't take but a half acre to grow enough food for your family and your neighbors. Yeah. Um, vertical gardens are a very efficient way to produce. So let's do a whole series on gardens. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's, let's and, talk and about the gardening. Garden, garden clubs in the past would organize each other so that each person would grow a particularly extra amount and then at the harvest season they would share so that each of us didn't have to grow that. Right. And I love the, uh, what was it, the Friday at 2? Yeah, the uh, yeah. crop swap. Uh, the crop swap. Right. We need a sign. I'll be glad to donate a very creative sign 
that can be mounted on a tree in the park or wherever it's mounted, uh, held. Because that's the kind of social interaction that is absolutely essential, not just the extra that you're able to share and the pittance that you get. Yes. It's the camaraderie and the community effort and a team in Shep mentality that makes things happen. Julian would have never been an apple industry if people didn't make apple juice. And, no, you're right. And so um, vineyards will most likely move into this region, especially now that it's got a cold and a warm area and it doesn't require as much water as the apple industry that came and left in the 80s or the cannabis industry that appears to have come and is leaving here in the year 2019. Hopefully the infrastructure left behind will provide the perfect conditions to grow edible food. Um, not that cannabis isn't edible and will remain as a product, but I'm talking, we have to get serious. We're not gonna be running down to Walmart to get our needs. It's already showing signs of uh, falling apart, the distribution, and that's why we moved up here to get away from that. So it's it really is a matter of adapting and forcing our standard of life to align with the seasons and the harvest states and the moon cycles so that we are grounded and fed by the earth and the plants. Um, so it's a matter of life and a later death. Okay. <laughs> Except what I see though is, you know, especially the uh, 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 the young people, the, you know, the 20-somethings and up until, you know, retirement age, they go off the hill and and well, work and they come back home which doesn't leave you time to garden this doesn't is, leave you time to take care of your livestock this was so. true in the 60s especially among the uh, Kui Indians there were very few uh, so their population had dropped but now it's quadruply or even more so and many of them are much younger and today I for the first time in 20 years I have begun to see younger people here in Anza at the swap meet um, that you wouldn't have seen on a weekend. And uh, keep in mind that not only is Anza a trail destination, those trails aren't just for horses, those are also for bicyclists and others. And you're going to have a little surge of 20, 30 year olds or older coming to our area to see what we have to share. Yes. And the Pacific Crest Trail is a prime example. We have 450 hardy souls coming through in March through April, maybe May, uh, just a few miles east here. So um, I've always realized being a long-term hiker and done most of the trail that uh, it's really important that a business can provide for fresh and dried goods that fast food at a Circle K doesn't, except for maybe their bananas. Um, so <clears throat> at least in those months, businesses can clue in to the demand for that season 
uh, just simply because we have a trail association that yes. announces the arrival. You see how important these things are. Thank you for listening in to Fika with Anika. Enjoy your cup of Fika Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and replayed Sundays at 1 p.m.